Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. I have been so dismissed I have been left behind When no one comes to be by my side I've been so alone No one comes near me I've been so alone No one even cares I've been left behind I've been left behind I've been left behind and no one cares. Good morning, good morning, good morning, my friends. Good morning. Good morning, everyone, on this beautiful Saturday morning. It is nice and sunny this morning in California, and I heard we're going to have some great weather today. I hope that you have awakened, refreshed in your body, ready to do what we do every Saturday morning, which is to dive into the Word of God, because the Word of God gives us life. It gives us an understanding, it gives us instructions, and most of all, it helps us fulfill our everyday purpose life. So my friends, thank you so much for joining in again uh, this morning. We are picking it up where we left off last week. For those of you who are just joining us, we welcome you. And we let you know right away that we are in the book of Haggai. And we have been uh, reading along everything that has kind of been taking place in this book. And we are in chapter 2. And we're going to start picking it up at verse 10. However, I want to just do a really quick recap again for those who are just joining us. Um, might be coming in in the middle of this um, continuation of what we've been covering for the past couple of weeks. And ba basically what happened here was the temple had been destroyed. While back, Judah had became uh, captives under the Babylonians. Now, fast forward to the book of Haggai. Uh, they're able, Judah's able to come and rebuild the community. They start to rebuild the temple, God's temple. But they stopped midway. I mean, they didn't even make it midway. They just pretty much put the foundation in an altar. But they stopped building it. But then they continued building their own communities, their own houses for their own livelihood. And what about their lives? And many years have passed by, approximately 15 years, about 10 years to 15 years. 
And um, God sent a messenger named Haggai to this community to say, Hey guys, uh, it's glad, we're glad to know that you're back to normal with your community. You've been restored some of the things that you have lost during the time of your oppression. We're glad to see that things are flourishing in your community. However, what we notice is, I'm a messenger from God to let you know that you have not finished the temple of God. And it was obvious it had not been finished because you could look at the temple and it wasn't completed. And the people started to say, oh, this wasn't the time now to continue because, you know, uh, they didn't have enough time or it just didn't line up with, you know, their agendas. And Haggai made it very clear to the people that, you know, uh, you have all the God has given you all the resources. There are no excuses. You need to wake up and smell the coffee and realize that the temple is important because we need to do. Uh, the temple represents God's presence and it represents also um, what we do as a community in the temple and as well of what we're going to instill to our future generations. So the people finally got a wake-up call and said, oh my gosh, you're right, there's no excuses. We can't deny the fact that we haven't finished it. And we have the resources. God had given them the resources. So they started to rebuild the temple. They got encouraged, started to rebuild the temple. And God made it very clear to them that he was with them as they're going to rebuild this temple. And then he actually started to um, say to, to, to people that who were older the older generation um about the original temple that solomon had built and he was explaining to them that to not compare themselves to the temple they were going to build now because the temple that god had solomon built at that time was a different temple and the temple had the glory but now this time around god is doing something new with a new temple uh, a new look a new style but that the glory of god was even going to be greater in this temple so as the people got encouraged they, and they were hearing all this and they started to work at it, now we get to this point of the story where I'm going to start reading in verse number 10 from chapter 2. And it says, On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Now ask the priest concerning the law, saying, If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and with the edge he touches bread or stool, wine or oil, or any food, will it become holy? Then the priest answered and said, No. And Haggai said, If one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, will it be unclean? So the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. Father, we thank you for your word. In Haggai, we thank you, Lord, because... You give us so many details uh, so that we can understand clearly what was happening back then in this community and how we can apply what was happening back then to today in our lives, in our community. So Father, I just thank you for who you are in our lives. I thank you for your word, the truth of your word. 
And most of all, Lord, I thank you, Father, because it gives us life. In the name of Jesus, amen. So my friends, you know, these are just a couple of passages, but they're very key and important. Now, one of the things that, um, the very first thing that we start to see here is that Haggai, the prophet, go, the messenger, goes to the priest and asks key questions, right? Because at this point already, um, you know, the temple is, is now being built, right? You know, they're, 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 they're working on the temple. It's, it's almost done. And Haggai needed to bring a message that was very clear to the priests, right? Because the priests, back then as they are today, were the holy ones that once the temple was built, they had a major responsibility to maintain the temple. They ushered in the community um, when it came to offerings unto God and, you know, praying for the people, things of that nature, just like we do today when we go to so many of you might go to um, a Catholic church or many of you go to a Christian church, whatever the case might be, your pastors, your ministers, they usher us in, right, in, in, uh, into God's presence by presenting the word. And, um, and it's their leadership and their guidance that helps the community stay, you know, healthy and doing the right thing unto God. So he went directly to the leaders because he knew that those were going to be the priests that were going to be overseeing that temple. They were kind of already overseeing the temple, but remember the temple wasn't complete. It just literally had probably like a slab, uh, a slab foundation, and it just had the, an altar. So on occasion they did their, maybe they did some of their rituals, you know, maybe they went and they prayed there and maybe did some offerings. But the temple was not fully completed how it was supposed to be completed for God and for God's presence to be there and God's glory to be there. So when people would go there and do the things in the temple, they would know that God's presence was there. They would feel the Holy Spirit of God. And so Haggai starts to question the priests about and with these examples, right? And the first thing he asked the priest is like, hey, you know, if I take some holy meat, because back in the day, right, there would be offerings on the altar, on, 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 on the altar to God. You know, people would um, sacrifice their, their goats, their lambs, their cattle uh, unto the Lord, right? Um, and they would leave things, you know, at, at, um, that the priests were blessing and stuff. So if Haggai says here, if I go and I take this meat, you know, and I fold it on, on this garment and um, with the edge, he touches bread or stew, wine or oil. When it food, will it become holy? And of course, the priest answer like, like, no, <laughs> it just, that doesn't happen, right? Because there's a, there's a process and a procedure um, for things to become holy. Um, it's not just by an action of putting things together like the way you're giving that example. There has to be, um, an, you know, a, 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 a redemption. You know, there has to be a, um, a process that people go through to um, walk away from their sins and, um, and get their lives back on track. 
I mean, the only way to the, to the holiness is, is that way and an atonement and everything. And so the, he's asking the priest because he wants to make it very clear to the priest, like, I just need you as leaders to understand that the work that has gone into this temple, whether someone is um, clean or not, uh, or whether someone is unclean, it doesn't mean that just because they're building this temple now to how God wanted it to be rebuilt means that they're not necessarily going to be cleaned by doing that work. And they still have not walked away from some sin that they might be caught up in. Um, and they, or they haven't fully surrendered their lives over to God. They're just going through, through the motions, right? Or, or they truly have not surrendered their heart fully even to God. It's, it's, it's not going to make them clean just because they're doing the rebuilding of the temple. Now, for some of us, we think about that and we go, okay, how is that possible? You know, because here's the, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. So it's no different, and I know this is going to sound tough, but I'm going to give you this very harsh example. It's no different in a marriage. You're married, um, and you go, and you have sinned against your spouse. You've committed adultery or have been committing adultery. You're in an affair with someone else outside of your home. And then because you are still working nine to five every day and getting a paycheck and giving your wife some money so she could pay the mortgage, the rent, you know, buy the food, get the things that are needed for the household, that that's going to make that spouse that is um, unfaithful to their, their spouse uh, because of sin it doesn't wash away that sin that they're committing. It, they might be, they might feel like, well, I'm hiding it and they don't know about it, but I'm still, still taking care of my household. I'm still taking care of my responsibilities. You know, I'm still being the man of the house. I'm still being the woman of the house. Whatever the case might be, doesn't mean that that is taking the place of the sin that is still in their heart from the inf uh, infidelity towards their spouse. So that's what it means here. It's saying, listen, just because everyone's hands right now are at the plow <laughs> rebuilding this temple, um, once the temple's completed, at its completion, it doesn't mean that it's gonna make them clean. It doesn't mean that it's going to take away the sin that they've been doing. It doesn't mean that it's going to change their hearts of how they've been functioning. Once this temple is completed and everybody now um, does what they have to do inside this temple, the only way that things can continue to be holy with this generation is by making sure that there is a full surrender to God. 
so that way they can really repent of their sins. God could work in their hearts and God could make them holy again and they can move forward, right? Because a lot of times we think that our works that we do for God is the perfect thing we're doing um, unto his kingdom, but we're still caught up in things of the world um, that we feel that um, we don't have to walk away from. And the reality is that for some of the people that in at that time in this community that may have not been sinning and were also part of building that temple. As they're building the temple with someone else, it doesn't necessarily mean that the right the righteousness that that person has, the holiness that that person has, uh, upholding all to their heavenly father and have surrendered will rub off on that other person. They might just be working together. They can be an example to that person. You know how many times we've said to one another, you know, I do this all the time. They see me doing this all the time and I don't, I, I still don't understand why they don't turn from their ways. Because just seeing you an example doesn't mean they're going to turn away from their ways. They have to have that encounter with God and surrender to God and pray that and leave it at the throne of God so that way God could deal with them individually in their hearts and they can go through that transformation and they can go through that process to get to the other side and be done with that sin, walk away from that sin, repent from that sin, right? And then it says here, we know that the people, they they began to obey God, right? They began to obey God. And um, that's why Haggai, after the first question to the priest, he now he goes and he asks a second question. And the second question is this. If one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, will it be unclean? And the priest again answer and say, no, of course not, it shall be unclean. And when Haggai said, so is this people and so is this nation before me. So is this people and so is this nation before me, says the Lord. Meaning, I get it. Judah was able to reestablish the community. They were able to come together um, and go about their lives and regain things they had lost. However, God still saw them as a nation that was still unclean, that not, they had not fully, fully turned away from everything that they were caught up in, in the sin they were caught up in. And he was making it very clear. It says, so is every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. So even though now everybody got the wake-up call, they said, I have to obey God because I know I have to do this. And they started to work on the temple. They're just doing now, doing the temple 
in the natural, right? And they're just doing this temple according to how God wants it now to be redone. But so their hearts, for many situations, were still hardened. Their mind and the way that they thought about themselves or others was still not in the right place. And what God was saying was, thank you so much for obeying what my messenger has given you. You've heard the messenger and I appreciate that. And you are building the temple and I appreciate that. But the only way that we can get this nation, this community back to the place it needs to be in is that people need to understand and they need to clean up their sin. They need to walk away from their sin. They need to repent. And by doing that, then they can find themselves in a better place in relationship with God, in relationship with their community, in relationship with what they will be doing in that temple going forward. Because a lot of times, my friends, you know, just like what we do with church sometimes, people just say, well, I go to church, I tithe. I, you know, I go every Sunday and I tithe. And, and, I, and, I, and I volunteer, and I do this, and I do that. And I'm part of this ministry, and part of that ministry. But then we have hardened hearts when we're doing those things. We don't have a soft heart. We have issues we have still haven't been delivered from, that we haven't given over to God. Uh, we are finding ourselves that, you know, we sometimes become very judgmental in the church, even against our own brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're walking around sometimes with very hard, stoned, you know, like very cold. Well, God doesn't want us feeling that way or being that way, even looking that way. He wants us to have a full surrender to him. And everything that we do for any ministry, anything that we do for the kingdom, Anything that we do in winning souls, he wants clean hands of individuals who have surrendered themselves fully to God, who have repented of their sins, who have truly gotten an awakening call of, I've got to be doing the right thing for God and have to glorify God and I have to honor God with everything in my life as I continue to go forward in fulfilling what he has called me to do. Because it is only then, my friends, through that obedience, through that surrender, and through that embracing of what God has for your calling is the way that you're going to get to do what he has called you to do and to carry out in holiness everything in your life that he has planned for you. And the thing we need to remember is that as the people began to obey God, God promised to encourage and prosper them. He made them that promise. 
because he knew that they needed to understand that the activities that they were going to be doing in the temple would not clean up their sins. Only the repentance and obedience could do that. Right? It's not just by, well, I'm going to... um. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be the carpenter and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to build all the wood. Well, I'm going to be the designer and I'm going to get all the curtains and we're going to put them up this way. Well, I'm going to be the painter and I'm going to go ahead and paint it the church and do it this way. I'm going to be the one ordering the furniture and we're going to put the pews this way. Uh, well, I'm going to be the one, you know, do you, do you get me? I know you get me. None of that matters if you don't truly repent of your sins, your ways, the things you might be doing in your life right now that you know you're not supposed to be doing, and most of all, being obedient to what God has asked you to do and the calling in your life. We have to repent constantly, my friends. A lot of times we think that nobody's seeing what we're doing on the sidelines. People see everything, my friends. God sees everything. Usually it'll get exposed. Listen, I'll give you a perfect example. Listen, we're dealing with social media, okay? We're dealing with social media these days. You all know what social media is. It's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's, you know, all these other platforms, right? And a lot of times, especially like on Zoom, like if you're doing a Zoom room or if you're doing Skype or you're doing Google Meets or any other type of platform where you're in a setting with other people and people see you, um, there are buttons on the computer and the phone that allow people to take pictures, that allow people to take a screenshot, you know, of the place they're in. And I myself am, am considered, you know, quite, you know, I, I consider myself quite reserved sometimes when it comes to social media. I don't post as much on social media and I kind of like try to be private with my life and the things that I do. But I just came across something <laughs> yesterday. I just came across that I was actually walking I was in a room in, in a room and I went and I walked you know you put your, your video off and you come and you come back and you know just as I hit that that button to the video again you know to be on video so everyone could see me you know I kind of happened to have my hands up in the air you know as you're just you know moving your body well lo and behold I was on Instagram for a split second yesterday to check something and I noticed that someone else who I don't know, <laughs> who I don't know at all, um, actually took a screenshot of that room at that time. And guess who was in that room? Me. And guess who had her hands up in the air? Me. Right? And what happens is <laughs> I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm doing the right thing by being in this room and... Um, you know, uh, I just want to hear what the speakers have to say. I wasn't really there to like, you know, really uh, engage 100%. I was just really there to just listen in and, and you know, and, and see what I could possibly learn. Because my thing has always been like, what can I learn every day? Right? What, what can I do? And come to find out now that that is there right that 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 snapshot is there 
I don't know who the person is. I can't really tell them to take it off. But I'm bringing this up to say because what happens is the only way, my friends, that we can have a holiness in our Heavenly Father's eyes and presence is by repentance and being obedient to what he's called us to do. Many of us have walked away from being obedient to God. God has asked us to do something and we refuse to do it. We've become rebellious. A lot of times uh, we don't understand why God is calling us to do something. We don't understand why we would have to move from one place to go to another and vice versa. But God knows because he's orchestrating your life. He's the one who has all your steps ordered. And all we have to do is trust him, my friends. So in this passage of scripture, pretty much what God was telling the messenger to tell the priest was that, yep, everybody's at hand here. They've obeyed God. He has given them that promise. He's going to be by their side and prosper them. But they still are going to have to turn away from whatever sin that they're involved with, from whatever hardness is in their hearts, from whatever ways they're talking with their tongues, from whatever ways they have feelings against somebody else, for however they might be treating someone else. Do you see what I mean? Like, God is telling the, uh, the messenger to tell the priest they, there's not really a full thing that you can go ahead and just do in this particular, um, uh, you know, temple until they've fully repented from their sins. And it says here, because what happens is we become sinf- sinful by nature, my friends, and we want to stay in sinful, close relationships with sinful people. Each one has to turn away from their ways. Each one has to say, you know what, as much as I want to be caught up with these people, I can't. I'm not supposed to be. And walk away and turn it over to God and give it over to God. Because holy living will only come when we are empowered by God's Holy Spirit. And that was why God was telling the messenger to tell the people of the community and all the leaders, that this new temple was even going to have a greater glory than the prior temple. Because the Holy Spirit of God was going to be evident in this temple. And those who encountered the temple, those who entered the temple, those who would be part of the temple or did anything in the temple, also had to come with clean hearts, a clean mindset, a repentance of sin. They had to have turned things over to God in relationship again with him, fully surrendering everything to God for this temple, right, to operate in a way that would be so holy and glorious unto God. So my friends, we think about these things sometimes, you know, and um, we sometimes think that even the good works 
that we've done from God, they can actually have sinful um, uh, uh, attitudes behind it. Um, and the only way that that could be cleansed is by God. Because a lot of times, you know, we could be in ministry and, you know, we're going about the motions within ministry, but we have agendas or we have ulterior motives behind our ministries. You know, there's that ministry where you say, hey, if I get involved with that ministry, I can get an extra paycheck on a weekly basis. And I could use uh, that money and buy myself some extra stuff, right? That's the ulterior motive. It's not, oh, you know what? I want to be a part of that ministry because I want to win souls for the kingdom. I really want to help people. I want to help people get to the place they need to be with God. See? See see what I mean? So, a lot of times, my friends, we find ourselves that we have sin, we have selfish attitudes, and that's always going to produce the same result and stain everyone else. It can become contagious, right? And that's what had to happen in this community, my friends. People were actually, you know, being contagious to one another in their sinful natures. And God was like, you got to turn away from them. You got you to gotta continuously finish turning 100% fully back to me. And once this temple is complete, I'm here with you. I'm by your side. I'm going to prosper you and I'm going to bless you. But I need you to still turn away from your sin. And I need for you to follow the obedience that I'm giving you. And we need, we need to get to the next level of this of this temple and this community. God loves us so much, my friends, that he will always send a messenger to give us a message, to ask us questions, right? To get us thinking and understanding in our tracks, what is it we're doing or not doing? And this is what's been happening all along in this chapter. God sent a messenger to stop people in their tracks because they had put God in the back burner. They had put him at the bottom of the list of priorities. And you and I, sometimes, my friends, we do that too. Ask yourself, what has God asked me recently to do that I've put in the back burner? Did he ask you to be a part of a ministry and you haven't become part of it? Did he ask you to go help somebody else who's in need and you haven't done it, even though you have the resources and the abundance to do so? Have you found yourself in a situation where God has called you to do something for the kingdom and you have been disobedient about it? Well, my friends, I'm just here to read the word so we can get enlightened by the word. We know the word gives us instructions. We know we can learn from this word. It doesn't matter that this happened a long time ago. We can apply it to our lives today. So my friends, I'm going to leave you with that. And I'm also going to leave you with this. If you have started something that the Lord has asked you to do and you haven't completed it, it's time to complete it, my friends. It's time to get back to it. If there's a gift or talent that God has given you and he has said, use it for my kingdom and you don't do it, get back to doing it. I cannot tell you how many musicians exist in the in the church. And they have guitars, they have equipment, and they don't even use it for the kingdom. I cannot tell you how many people have um, the gifting 
of helping, you know, with being greeters at the church. They're excellent, hospitable people. And they won't even volunteer one day out of the month to greet anybody at the door at a service one day. There's so many examples I could give you, my friends, but if this is tugging at your heart, go to God, go to the throne, go to his feet and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I know you gave it to me in a dream. I know you gave it to me in a vision. I know I heard your voice about what you want me to do for your kingdom. And Lord, I've like, I've just dismissed what you've asked me to do, but I'm here, I'm listening, I'm ready, a willing vessel, and just tell me what I need to do so I can go forward in doing it. Well, my friends, it has truly been a pleasure sharing the word of God with you again. I look forward to sharing the word again with you next week where we will rise and shine with the word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you. And remember, you can always follow us and connect with us on Anchor FM. Word of God. And leave us a message. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. And we would love to have you mentioned in our podcast. We are going to be next week reaching our 100th <laughs> our 100th episode. Could you believe that God has been so good and gracious to us? And I'm so grateful to God that he has allowed me to use this platform. He's given me the resources to be able to share his word. And my friends, we would love to have a couple of your insights, your feedback, your comments, and how God has just touched your lives. And we would love to include that in our 100th episode next week. So please go ahead to, again, anchor.fm backslash word of God. Leave us a message. And we look forward to um, hearing from you. And we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.